0: Hey Security Peeps, we are live with another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. I am Renee Small, Cybersecurity Super recruiter, recruiter, demystifying cybersecurity careers for people and helping awesome leaders hire cybersecurity talent. And I am here with the infamous Justin Jones. Say hi to everybody, Justin.
1: Hi everybody.
0: <laughs> Justin was here last week. We couldn't let him go. He was here for an over an hour answering questions, helping with the job hunt. I mean, it was amazing. So much activity, so much um, comments and questions from the audience. It was so, so, so good. So we had to bring Justin back so he could do it again the second time. Justin, jump right in and tell us what you're gonna do today.
1: Yeah. So picking up where I left off uh, last Saturday, um, I'm going to dig a little bit into cybersecurity um, with some uh, information for people that are, you know, looking into it um, or already engaged in it, maybe a a new way of looking at cybersecurity as a whole. Right. Um, And then that's going to be a few minutes. And then from there, we're going to jump right into the whole uh, job search, uh, maybe new ways of thinking of your job search. Um, So I'm, I'm kind of here to open up doors, right? So I'm not here to say, oh, you shouldn't apply or anything like that. Hey, here's a job. You want to be CEO of Walmart? Be CEO of Walmart. If you want to go be an astronaut next year, be an astronaut next year, right? I'm just here to give you those tools and those, uh, those uh, that, that pattern that you need to possibly follow, that all the people followed, that allow you to get to where you want to be, right? It, like I said, whatever you want to be, you can be as just... You have to take certain steps to get there. Um, And a lot of times, you know, you don't know about certain opportunities because they just haven't appeared to you. Right. So I'm here to kind of like uh, unmask some not not to say people are like hiding (laughs) jobs. But, you know, sometimes, you know, they post on maybe two different job forums, and those are places you don't look at. Right. Right. So I'm kind of like pointing out certain different aspects of uh, how you can do your job search, uh, even if it's not cybersecurity IT. I mean it's more into that line, but this can be used across all fields um to do that for
0: sure and Justin, I wanted to add there is a hidden job market like what people oh, yeah. don't really realize is you know when people say the hidden job market, what does that mean? what does that look like? and it's when jobs don't even get to be post they get to be posted so when When jobs are behind the scenes and it's like friends of friends and what have you, people that know about the opportunity before it even hits the job boards or it just doesn't even hit, like it's never posted, that's kind of the hidden job market. So.
1: So uh, what I would say to that, too, um, you can have a lot of internal hiring practices at certain companies. Um, U-Haul, for instance, I uh, did an article, well, a paper whenever I was studying, uh, doing my studies. Uh, U-Haul, for instance, they are very, very big on uh, promotion within the company, right? So the CTO, CFO, like all, you, all the senior leadership actually were driving trucks or, you know, issuing out trucks. You know, they, they went up. In, in the chain, uh, and that, that's how the uh, owner viewed it. You know, you're committed to the company. I'm committed to you, right? Um, whereas a lot of other companies, you you're look out there, um, and there's a lot that will pull people from the outside. You know, hey, I was working at LinkedIn as the CTO. Okay, now I'm working at Facebook as CTO. Um, but I had no years or anything at at Facebook, but I had years as being a CTO. So that person that was kind of like possibly the next person to go up, kind of they get sideswiped kind of Um, and that's you know major companies trying to always you know grab the talent that's in in there right not foster that talent all the way up Um, so you'll see that time after time at a lot of large companies um, where sometimes yes they foster that all the way to the top and sometimes you know their board of directors and that so forth kind of Come from the outside uh, to give a new perspective, and I think that's good in a way, because uh, it always it, it it it's always recycling. It's you know new ideas, new faces, new people to give that uh, new perspective. Also,
0: yeah, Justin, I'm here with you when it comes to that. Um, you know, bringing in a combination of fresh talent as well as you know a combination of fresh talent from the outside and then people that are growing within it's always a, it's always great to have that combination of skills and there are some roles or some leaders that say I want to bring in you know new people I want to bring in people from the outside with different ideas and then um, obviously retaining your top talent you want to be able to grow from within too you don't want to have a whole team of outsiders coming in every year or every couple months or every 2 years um, so having that combination is key and getting those experiences in different places are key too, which also leads to um compensation bumps as well. So <laughs> yes, <that's, laughs> nobody's that's, getting like 10 and 15 and 20 percent raises staying in their own company, let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> oh yes. And
1: and that's another thing too, is you know, sometimes you hit a, a wall um within a company, right? And i would say over the last 10 years or so um you know you see more uh job hopping i mean that's what it's called normally um than you did you know 10 20 30 years ago right because you know the talent says hey i can't grow anymore with this company let me jump to this next company and grow with this company type thing so sometimes it just it it ends up where there's just not that next step in your growth. And, you know, someone else offers you that growth. It it doesn't always have to be a salary difference. Um, Sometimes it's equal or roughly the same salary, but it allows you to get to that next job title, uh, next level of responsibility. Uh, Maybe you're going into management or some other, uh, you know, type of lead role uh, or engineer type role. Um, So let's say you're a network admin and you get a network engineer spot, right? But you're a junior, right? Per se. And you get, a 10%, 15% bump. Maybe you're not equally paid across the board for where you're at, but now that you have that job title, you know, a year, two years later, now you can really compete, um, and go back to the company and say, Hey, I expect this now, or you can go out to the other companies and say, Hey, I have two years of experience doing this. You know, what can you offer me? Um, so that, so always look for opportunities for, you know, job titles, job growth, um, it doesn't always have to be a salary bump because your ultimate goal is, hey, five years from now, this is where I want to be at. What do I? What steps do I need to take to take, get there? If you're always, always concerned with salary, um, it can be a really hard and difficult uh, <laughs> road, to say the least.
0: Right. Exactly. So while we're doing this, I'm going to shout some people out. Um, Philip Wells is saying, Hey, he's here. Danielle Goodwin is here. Hi, Danielle. She's here all the time. Danielle is so awesome. Um, Douche is here. Good afternoon. Shreya is here. Patrick is here. Patrick Moten. And Philip Wells says, I can identify with this. So, yeah, people ask me, you know, some of the, the, the frequently asked questions that I get quite often when it comes to recruiting and it comes to career changes and career coaching just overall. And people tend to ask a lot of times about how to negotiate salaries within their current company. Um, and that is a space that I have not really seen um, personally or, you know, and professionally and talking to peers and colleagues um, that works all that much, unless the one time I do see it happen is when a person is actually getting ready to leave, like actually found a new opportunity, is giving their notice, and then the company turns around and says, okay, we'll match your offer. But, you know, that's not some, I wouldn't tell somebody to go do that and play game, like dangle that in front of a, an employer, because an employer might be like, hey, we can't do anything for you, good luck. You know, so. and, then, and
1: no, and that that's the case too, right? And that's what I was saying about the whole grow, uh, job growth, stuff like that. So let's say you're a PC tech and you uh, get MCSA certified or some other certifications and someone else also is a uh, sysadmin job paying 5, 10K, whatever more than what you're getting paid right now. Well, that company is paying you for that particular robe and they have caps it's a company so they have certain caps that say hey this is as far up as we can go now if they're certain talent they may go a little bit above that cap of course and then offset it somewhere else but you'll see that time after time where um there's just not that next role at your company right so coming back to the company and saying hey i want this you know for the same thing i'm doing uh it doesn't always work right um But again, it's having that conversation with your current employer and saying, hey, uh, right now I have an offer letter with this right now. Um, You know, I would love to stay here if you can meet this, you know, and that's a negotiation tactic. Right. So now you're saying, hey, if you can bump my salary up to this, I'll stay. If not, you know, I'm putting in my two week notice and, you know, um, you know. Possibly we'll, we'll bump into each other again in the future. Right. Um, so that that's just being open and honest. I just say, hey, here's a two week notice. I'm, I'm gone in two weeks. So that company may truly say, Hey, we can find some budget here. Cause there's companies that will create jobs for people. I mean, literally mm-hmm. out of thin air. Hey, all of a sudden you have this job row, this job title. I mean, I've seen it so many times uh, inside the government, inside the pro- public sector where this person is just phenomenal at anything pretty much. And they yeah. say, all right, you're, jack of our trades, whatever job title, right? And, you know, we'll bump you up to this pay because, you know, you're intricate to us uh, creating more revenue. And that's another thing with cybersecurity IT is how do you uh, create more revenue for the company, right? So, Hey, I'm this job. How does that help the company get more money? Right? So because if the company's getting more money, they may in turn give me more money circle of life, right? <laughs> um, top mentality, right? So, always be thinking of that of what impact are you doing at your current company and at your next company? Cause every time I've ever had an interview and someone says, what impact can I have? Um, it, 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 it steers me more into, I want to keep, I want to bring this person on. Right. So there's mm-hmm. certain things you can say in a conversation that makes you uh, feel like that person is going to be engaged with the work and show that, Hey, what I'm doing is having a, a direct impact on the success of the company as a whole.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that, Justin. I think that um I do want to point out though that although Justin made some valid, valid points around people um, you know, using that offer letter to uh potentially get another a counter offer or another offer. But um in my experiences over the last almost 20 years, there have been, there's definitely times where where an employer will say, well, Good luck, you know. (laughs) Like they can't they can't meet that. So I would just caveat that by saying, be prepared to walk out the door. Like be prepared to leave. Don't use that and wave it around and say, Hey, you know, oh, you know, I'm gonna use this as a way to get an increase. You may get an increase, you may be able to stay, but you know, be prepared um to leave so when people say to me oh such and such got a the raise because they threatened uh, no they so threatened. that's
1: that's the one thing yeah so it's i would
0: threaten so i just yeah. want people to be crystal clear on that like it's not it's like this person had another offer a real one they were prepared to walk out the door and the company said no we're too valuable we want to keep you we'll match it so and that, that's, that's where you're having
1: yeah that's where you're having that open candid conversation with your current employer um for those steps, right? You, yes, you, it's, I, w- I would never say, hey, you're threatening or anything of that nature, right? I would just say, hey, you know, I I interviewed here because I'm looking to do this with my next steps. Um, is there something you can counter here um, for me to stay on board? And you just leave it like that, mm-hmm. not a, well, if you don't give me a pay bump, I'm definitely leaving, <laughs> mentality, right? Um, it's more of a, you know, you're giving, and, and that's only if you want to stay with the company, right? Maybe you don't want to stay with the company, right? But what I always say to stuff like, you know, staying or not going, going with a certain company is you build that company once you join a company. So like I joined Jacobs last year, right? I am the only person about 30 people see of Jacobs, right? So what I show to them is Jacobs, right? So every time, every interaction I have with the people around me, uh, it, whether it be one of my employees or if it uh, is one of my customers, right? What I show them is Jacobs, period. It doesn't matter who the CEO is, CTO, CFO, any any other 60, 70,000 employees. What I bring to the table each and every day is Jacobs, period, and if you have that mentality at your company, you can change the culture, change whatever it is about the company that makes, makes you maybe want to leave it, right? So that's what I always uh, say about
0: companies. Right. Okay, Justin, we have some questions coming in. So I'm going to let you jump in on this, some of this stuff. Abdul says, I have a BS in my BS in cybersecurity. Plus I have a cert a security plus and a CCNA certification. And he has four years of desktop support experience. How do I get my first job in cybersecurity?
1: So um, what I would say first and foremost is uh, location, 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 right? So um, wherever you're at, right, focus on where you want to be at. So let's say Houston, Texas. I'm just throwing out a random city. List the top, every single company that's in a 20, 30-mile radius, right? If it's a utilities company, is it a banking company? Um, If you don't have a clearance, don't even look at DOD uh, parts because it's a very, very small chance that you'll get – um, that clearance. Right. So, you know, and that's a long process, even if they do bring you on board. Right. So I would talk. I would just target every single company like, hey, what does Target have? What does Walmart have? I mean, there's so many different companies out there, um, both big and small, that uh, have some type of cybersecurity program. Um, so first and foremost, I would say uh, location is the biggest thing and then uh, understanding the uh, companies and the location. So I'm gonna jump into that in just a second. So I have a couple little things I'm gonna run into. Um, yeah, hopefully that answer, helped answer that one question though.
0: Okay, awesome. Um, so the next question is Danielle wanted to know, is there a hidden job market for entry level cybersecurity jobs?
1: So again, like we were saying with uh, companies, right? That's where you need to reach out to some of these companies in your local area. Um, I default to Houston. I'm a Texas native, um, by nature. <laughs> but the, uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, you want to reach out to a lot of these, uh, recruiters and just say, Hey, I'm looking for this type of job. This is like a type of background you have. Is there any potential openings, um, for someone similar to me. So a lot of companies, you know, they're doing like interims, you know, uh, summer jobs for college graduates, stuff like that. So, you know, you hear on the news, X amount of millions of cybersecurity rules you uh, know, apply, you know, open, right? So if you have two, three million jobs open, where's the jobs at, right? So you just graduated from college. Um, you have CYSA or some other starts out that you have and you get in the job market and you've been told, There's 2.5 million jobs opening in the next two years, right? But then you're like, where are they, right? So a lot of companies, they pull talent from other companies, right? So what I kind of would point to is if you get on LinkedIn, um, look at where you what some of the companies you may want to work for. How did that person get there, right? So let's say Facebook, for instance, uh, cybersecurity engineer at Facebook, right? Quick little search, you can find that person. More than likely, they're going to have companies that they worked for before that do this to like 10 20 people and you can kind of see that flow and say hey a lot of this was funneling from these certain areas right Uh, because most of your top companies they already have you know a stockpile of candidates that they're just it's a rolodex right so a thousand people applied to this entry level position they literally have a rolodex that they can go through um to bring those people on
0: so Justin, good points. Philip says, I got an offer. My employer and I spoke. He said, take the opportunity, go out and grow yourself. I will take you back whenever you decide to come back. It's the best CEO he's ever had. And then he said, after a disaster recovery, after a fire, this CEO invited him invited me over to share my experience with his cyber team
1: and see that's that's where that open honest candidate conversation is right that that's the employer or a company understanding that hey your talent yes it's very very valuable to us but we we have a limit that we we ha- we have to go up to no matter how valuable you are right and that that's where you had an open dialogue with that with that uh employer and said hey you know we do appreciate you um at some point maybe something new will open up and it looked like something, you know, in the future kind of opened up, um, where you could come back and have that conversation and, um, you know, grow yourself, right? Uh, by having that conversation about the disaster recovery and all that, right? So, um, like I said, it's always a good, it's never, never wrong however you make your choice, right? So if your choice is just put your two week notice in, don't even give the employer an option and leave, right? Some employers, right, when you put the two week notice in and you say, hey, this is kind of what I need. They might that same day get that squashed. Right. And say, hey, all right. You want this bump? We'll match it to this this point or we're going to give you these other options. Let's say. So what a lot of people uh, sometimes don't look at is also uh, pay package. Right. So not just your salary, health benefits, 401k, um, PTO. Right. So how much less salary would you take to have a week off? How much less salary would you take to have a month off? How about half a year? What if I gave you half a year off and I said, I'm going to take 20 percent of your salary, would you take it? So there's a lot of caveats to negotiations. Right. Um, Adobe, for instance, I still to this day don't know how it works, but they have pretty much an unlimited PTO program. Don't know if how true that is, um, but you can just go to your supervisor and say, hey, uh, all of December, I need to take off. And you take off all of December. Yeah. I. To this day, do not know how it works. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of
0: companies do that. So <laughs> companies have provided unlimited PTO, and what they've learned um, over—I haven't done the—I haven't looked at the research since COVID nineteen, but prior to COVID nineteen, what they learned is that people typically do not take the amount of um, the amount of—they uh, don't go overboard with the time off. So if a company, typically a person would take like, Four weeks max or five or whatever, that's what likely they will take. Nobody wants to be seen as, you know, if you're a good employee, you want to do a great job, you know, you can't really be on the beach for six months. Like that's not going to work. Um, and then typically they tell you these things are approved by your,
1: by yeah, your it's approved by the so Yeah. Even
0: though it's unlimited, it's like your leader has to approve it. So are they going to approve you to take off the whole month of December and January? You know, some might if you go hard for two, three, four months, but realistically, you know you don't really want to leave your leader in a lurch too so it and, ends up working out
1: yeah and it, it's different jobs right so google for instance this is a, a i'm dating myself a little bit of course but google used to be really big about the 20 uh, right so uh mm-hmm. out of the week you have 20 of free time right so uh, a thing called google maps actually was created in that 20 free time mm-hmm. right so that was just whatever that, that those technicians or those employees wanted to work on. I mean, it benefited the company. Don't get me wrong, but there is no guidance, no direction, just whatever you want to work on little pet projects, whatever you had, you worked on. Right. And that actually, uh, uh, at, at a younger age of Google, now that it's, Beemath, of course, they can't do it as much, but um, but whenever there was a younger company, they had that flexibility. Um, so like Google Maps, for instance, if they wouldn't have offered that and they just said you're working five days a week, eight hours a day, this is what we're doing, right? If they didn't offer that, right now I couldn't go in Google Maps and you know, get somewhere. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. I'd still so be doing Mal- a map quest. <laughs> right. We still be prints and stuff. Yep. Jamal says, I'm so over the help desk, he's just trying to bust out these certs. so
1: so what i would say about certs I've, i've you probably have heard me say it a few times over the years align them to your positions don't just take a cert to take a cert so go out there and say what is the job market right now looking for right so again houston texas whatever um these are the certs that a lot of these job postings are having so you know take those on don't just go to a website and i it knowledge is probably one of the I don't always suggest that place, but there I have like the top 10 um, certs uh, based off salary, right? Don't always go off that number. It is, uh, it's eye-opening when you get in the job market and they say, hey, you have this cert, but we're actually paying you this. So it, I'd be really cautious when you're looking at stuff like that. Uh, but it's always good to get certs, um, but try to align them more to uh, the particular part of cybersecurity you want to really get into.
0: Yeah, th- those um, those little forums or those those uh you know what certification equals what dollar amount? I think they forget to add in you know the years of experience in the field, what a person is doing, certain jobs. Um, it's always you know my one of my professors in grad school used to say this all the time. Newspapers want to sell newspapers, so you know articles want clickbait you know, everything's online. This is pre, well, not pre-online, but <laughs> he was pre-online. <laughs> he was an older professor. But at the end of the day, you know, they want a lot of clickbait. So the bigger the number, the bigger, you know, the salary, it sounds juicy. It sounds exciting and enticing. But the truth of the matter is, you know, if you're entry level, it really does not matter what how many certs or which cert you have. You're still going to be entry level from a security perspective not entry level like you don't have any experience in life but transitioning people and and um and new to the security field for sure so a couple comments in here um, let's see phil says it's all about relationships he's 100% correct like i've been telling people all the opportunities that are out there mostly around networking People who network and they get in and somebody tells them, hey, tap taps somebody on the shoulder like, hey, you should apply to this. That happens so much more often than some job posting or a cold you know, outreach. Um, Jamal says uh, in regards to the cert, I hear you. I'm focused on a certain field. So you are right aligned to your interest. So he's responding back to what you were saying, um, Justin. And Shreya says the company always wants to cert. Uh, and I'm thinking security plus experience. Oh, certs plus experience. They want certifications plus experience. That is true, Shriya.
1: So, what I would say about that too with the certs and experience, uh, I'll allude to like CCNA for instance. Um, so you can go on eBay for instance, and about three four hundred dollars you can get actual CCNA lab kit for instance, right? You could spend days weeks like every night just grinding out learning different things that you know hey i did test for ccna but i need to hey this user has this issue so have like 50 or 100 different issues that you have and then just keep working through that right because once you have that knowledge and that hands-on skill set when you go to interview that gives you a better um, better uh opportunity right so hey yes you have the search you have the education you have some years of experience but how does that translate on the interview? Right. So there is the uh, getting to the interview issue and then, uh, of course, passing the first, second, third, fourth. How many other interviews? Right. So if I gave you a whiteboard right now and said, hey, this is the job I have for you and this is what job you're going to be doing. What all can you put on this huge whiteboard? So it takes up an entire wall and I say here here's a marker. Tell me everything about the job tell me different, uh, programs, different policies, whatever. Right. And if, if, if you can fill that whole entire whiteboard up, good. Right. If you're, if you're struggling getting even a few things on there, I would say go back and relearn, go back and retry, um, and see where, where, where your gaps are, um, with that. Yeah,
0: Justin, I think that, um, entry of, um, gave us an update that says certificates plus experience. So Justin, I would agree with you on that. Like, you know, really making sure that you fill in the gaps um, with the experience. And Justin, I know last time when we were here, you talked a lot about building your own experience because people, the trick is, or the, the catch 22 or the chicken before the egg scenario is always, hey, I have the certs, I have the degree, I don't have the experience, you know, they want experienced experience people. So give some hacks around getting your own self-directed experience so that you can add that to the resume um and have experience and the certifications even though you're a newbie.
1: So like um I always reference the jobs kind of outside the cybersecurity field right so uh, there's like GitHub, right? So if you're a programmer, you can literally start working on certain uh, aspects of different programs and stuff like that and have your own uh, GitHub account and all that stuff and, you know, work with all the people and start being known by the community, right? Um, that's with almost anyone, right? Um, so it, it helps to at least a day, let's say, even if it's 30 minutes, it would be like saying, hey, I'm getting ready for a marathon, right? What steps did I take to get my body, my mind, everything around that, right? Did I get the right amount of sleep? All that, right? So the same thing with uh, prepping for that job interview. Um, so you did everything right with the resume, everything with everything. Um, so now it's, you know, interview day. Look back at that job posting. Now, there might have been 80 things they want you to do. That's where you need to re- reach out to the recruiter and say, hey, I saw, you know, some things on the job posting. What what really is the job? You know, just be a frank, open conversation. Right. And that can kind of narrow down what that field is. So the day or two before or however far out you have before the interview, you can try to really nail those certain possible questions. Um, So you're not just, you know, it's a huge ballpark you're playing in. But if you know that, hey, they're going to hit that left field, you know, let's put the best person, best ideas out in left field. Right. Um, so that that's how I always look at it is if if you can get some knowledge from the recruiter, hiring manager, someone uh, prior to that interview, you can uh, set yourself up for more success or even maybe the interview is not for you. Maybe you, you're no flat out that, hey, yeah, I'm being offered this, uh, but you're looking for, you know, these five things and I have zero skill set in it and just be open and honest like, hey, I can build to that and show that, hey, I built to that. But if on day one you need something, you know, I don't always I won't say sell yourself short, but sometimes you have to have that open conversation. Right.
0: Justin, I have I've got to share some experiences on this particular topic. So being in HR and Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 organizations and major investment banks and things like that over the past years, and then also being in the executive recruiting seat. I see this happen all the time where, um, you know, a person may go in, may be a bit either junior, not the right fit, you know, something is a little bit just not the right fit. And when we say not the right fit, it truly could have something to do with fit. It could be personality fit. It could be, um, you know, they're looking for someone with a little bit more of certain type of experience. It's very, very nuanced. And so what I share with people is this. Have a conversation. Go on the interviews, you know, do not get beat up. Do not feel like, oh my god, why don't they want me? Someone will want you. It's all about fit. It has so many things to do. It ha- there's so many factors that are outside of your control that have literally nothing to do with you. You don't know who's Cousin, nephew, niece, you know, best friend, someone inside the company, um, or just that. Um, and I tell this story very, very often. I'll make it short and sweet. I was in a team, had a had a role, was working with my boss, and telling him, "Hey, this is what we want to bring in." We had some seasoned people come in, and they could do the job like the back of their hand. But we had two very strong personality people already in the team. And when, when I did the interview of the person, I was like, this is another strong personality. Like, this person is great. They could do the job easily. But do you want another, you know, do you want like a knockdown, drag out fight at every staff meeting? Because this person has a strong personality as well. Do we need that in the team? And when it was all said and done, we, all these people with all these years of experience, we went with the college grad. She could do the job. She needed a little bit of training. She ended up being phenomenal. But she was perfect because, you know, she wasn't going to come in with this strong personality. It was like, you know, what we needed to balance out the team. So it's purely when I tell you, like, I tell people this all the time um, because they get frustrated. Like, I went on all these interviews and they don't like me and why not and all these different things. And it's it totally could be fit. And when it comes to fit, it's just – um, just keep going, you know, just keep going, keep applying, keep doing those things. So Justin made a good point um, just now with some of those things that I just want to add that in too. I am going to, uh, Jamal made a comment, and I'm sorry, um, Philip made a comment and then Jamal. So Philip says, Jamal, keep growing. If you cannot get cyber help desk is a good place to start. See what's out there this week. Philip started as a 10th position as an application support analyst, a role he did over 10 years ago. And he knows it's a gateway to a new opportunity. This will be epic. So, Philip is playing that, and I'm 100% behind this, Philip. You get in where you can, and then you pivot. I know a lady, I'll tell another story. She came into a company I was working in, um, it was a a large bank. Banking financial services institution, it wasn't a bank, financial services institution in New York. She came in and this woman had a plan. Like every year she moved jobs. So you could apply to a new job after one year. She was an analyst in one role. She applied. It just so happened that I was in the I was the recruiter that was kind of over that space, that kind of finance space. And she wanted to move around and get to a certain point. And she got in. She And at her one-year mark, she plays for another role. A lot of them were lateral roles. So she w- was an analyst in one division and an analyst in another division. And, like, in three years, this woman had moved around. She was able to, like, jump up and pop into the role that she really wanted by networking, by gaining that experience, by getting her foot in the door in one position and then moving around within the company. So... Um, Philip, I'm with you when it comes to that. Jamal says, blessed to be working now during COVID, but being on the phone is for the birds <laughs> trying to be more hands-on. We understand, Jamal. So um, Justin, what could he do to be more hands-on? Even when he's like, you know, he's on the phone, when he takes his breaks, when he does his thing, when he's in between um working, maybe evenings, maybe weekends, maybe, you know, free time. What else could Jamal be doing to kind of build? Other experiences oh. on the help desk.
1: So that's what I would target is what is that uh, job you want in cybersecurity uh, field, right? Uh, do you want to be a reverse engineer? Do you want to be a program analyst? I mean, there's so, it's so many hundreds of positions that you have within the uh, field. Um, so I would say uh, first and foremost, uh, what do you love doing? If you love doing something, you don't work a single day in your, in your life. I started with Jacobs last year. I don't think I've shown up to my job yet. <laughs> That's how it feels, right? Um, so I, I, I have a passion for it. I love it. I'll, I'll do it for the rest of my life if they let me, right? Um, so if you can find something that you enjoy doing, uh, pursue it. Um, So inside the cybersecurity field, like I said, do you want to be right, you know, programming all day and looking for issues? Do you want to be scanning logs for different attacks or different vulnerabilities? Like there's so many different things you can do within the field. Um, And then even with that, it's all right, so yes, I want to do this, but then what's the job outlook for it, right? So reverse engineers say that there's only a 1,000 of those jobs that are nationwide. Well, that might be a really small niche, so you have to be really, really strong on it. Uh, whereas, you know, there might be another position that, you know, there might be 50,000 positions, you know, nationwide. So you have to kind of balance that, too. Um, so that, that's what I would have to say about it is, you know, uh, focus on what you enjoy doing. Um, and then uh, see what the outlook is for that particular position. Don't focus on one particular position. Uh, have maybe five or 10. And the issue with that also is different companies will have different job titles um, for the same comp- uh, same position. So it, it can kind of get a little old quick, <laughs> um, trying to be like, hey, I'm gonna be this analyst, but then you know it's called something else at this other company. So you're always fighting that, right? Um, right. And what I was going to say, Renee, if you want, I can jump into like my little segment I was going to do and then we can pick up back up on comments if you want.
0: Yeah, for sure. Please do. So, uh, Danielle, I'll just read this one real quick. She says uh, press on, which is Calvin Coolidge. And then um, Joshua has something here. Not really cybersecurity related, but I have a second technical interview for a junior network position net- next week. What types of interview questions should I study up on? Do you want to do that one first or you want to do uh,
1: first? I just jumped out of that. Can, can we come back to that one?
0: Yep. We'll come back to it. Joshua, um, we'll come back to you.
1: And uh, I got my uh, screen up right now. Do you see it? Yep. All right. All right. So I, I did a paper uh, a year or two ago. Um, so, you know, big. I have a cybersecurity master's degree and all that, right? So one of the papers I uh, wrote on was uh, with Lockheed Martin on their APT, right? So this, well, this was kind of fresh still at the time uh, when I was writing about it. So basically, they came out uh, with this cyber uh, kill chain. So basically, this was. Um, Steps that a person that's trying to get into your network uh, will take. Right. So I really encourage, you know, looking into this um, and that's actually based off of a model and everything like that. So there it goes real in depth and it gives you a, a good baseline um, for how like a really big company, uh, you know, sees their cybersecurity. So Lockheed Martin is a really big company. And this is kind of how they uh, flow. Right. So they, they first targeted saying, hey, it's an advanced persistent threat, your APT model, right? And it just went into, you know, you have to do your reconnaissance first step. Uh, what are you weaponizing once you find that weakness? Um, how do you deliver that weakness, right? So uh, hopefully it doesn't happen anymore. But, you know, USB drives left out in the parking lot, CDs that are just randomly delivered. Uh, hey, here's a box of some new music or whatever. Hey, just plug it, just, you know, put it in and, you know, see what this is. Right. Um, or whatever it might be that's just loose. Right. Or email even. Um, and then from that delivery, how do you actually exploit it? And then um, once you do that exploitation, um, the installation of the actual malware uh, from there, how does that uh, organization control? Right. So Yes, yeah, so you put the malware, you put whatever it is on the uh, equipment, but now how do you reach back and uh, be able to interact with that, right? So let's say you want documents, whatever it is, right? And then uh, the final is, you know, that hands-on keyboard. So once that command and control is established, um, that's them now inside the system being um, able to manipulate, uh, accomplishing, you know, what they put out, right? So the reason why I brought this up. Is the reason uh, the original uh, reason for my paper was understanding each level and understanding where you can stop a person, right? Because by the time you're on step seven, you know, oh hey, the logs say someone's doing you know all these bad things or you know uh, harvesting data, whatever it is. It's too late by that time. You know, you that's a cleanup period, right? So you know all these pieces before it. What do you have going on at your organization and how can you relay that in a job interview? Right. So this is a great little tool to use to say, hey, during the job interview, you know, maybe you don't have that much experience, but you can say, hey, you know, I've read about, you know, the cyber kill chain. Here's these little steps that, you know, uh, an attacker will take. Right. So I I would say, hey, just reference this sometimes um, to to help uh, when you're talking about APTs. and now. What I jump in a little out of cyber a little bit now, what I was referencing earlier was the uh, job market. Right. So do research in whatever location you're at. So this is just, you know, in America, top 100 companies. Right. So just by sheer growth. Uh, This is the largest companies. Right. So, hey, I want to go for Microsoft. You know, hey, they employ X amount of people. So this this just goes down, down, down the list. So if you're not applying to any of these companies, um, I would encourage to apply uh, if they have uh, opening in your location. Right. So I just go down there and say, hey, here's all these companies and apply, apply. Then from there, go more into that particular job market and find more uh, information. Um, So Houston, Texas, whatever it is, Um, if it's utility companies, uh, whatever company it is. So just dig, 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 dig. Right. Um, The next thing I'm going to hit on is jobs for vets. I don't know how many people have heard of this. Um, So if you're a veteran transitioning, know of someone, if you type in jobs for vets into Google, you're going to get this thing right here called a a military occupation code. Uh, For me, I was like a twenty seven ninety one. I uh, put that in, and that says I'm an information system administrator, right? If that's what I was doing, cool. And what's nice about that is it pulls that O*NET database that I referenced last week up uh, for this, and it tells me all the all the jobs based off that particular uh, uh, schooling that I had, right? So that's a school. It's this 2791 is a school that it basically says admin uh, role, right? And that will give me a quick rundown of all the uh, companies in the area. So, hey, I was a network admin. Hey, look, there's a network admin job opening, right? So that's a really, really vital tool uh, that Google uh, launched uh, about a year or two ago that I, I used. And then I can give you a quick, hey, this is you know, a typical uh, um, salary. Um, so we can jump back into uh, the questions again.
0: Okay. Awesome. Sorry so, if that was a
1: little bit too fast. I was just trying to. Hit, no,
0: hit, no, no, hit no, no. Milestones. I appreciate that. I knew they. I knew you had your stuff going, um, Justin. So I want to do this one. Philip says I had an interview last month where I had to walk through the cyber kill chain. This doc was my go-to. Yes.
1: Yeah, see, so, that's like I said. He's it's right there. I mean, the tools are there. Um, like I said, definitely you want to do a lot of research uh, prior to uh, going in for that interview. And I'm glad that that what I referenced is something that someone here alive had to do.
0: Yep. And he says he didn't get the role. I'm fine with it. It was a temp position. I guess not being solid on Python killed it for me. That's what Philip says.
1: So that's another thing. All right. So the job description might've had, one one or two little lines about needing to be able to do Python or scripting or something like that, and then there's 80 other statements in there for other things of a job, right? And that that's the issue is it, sometimes it's buried somewhere in there. The like, actually, you're gonna be half the day inside of Python, you know, scripting and doing that 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 type of work, and you know, the job interviewer is like asking you different parts of the language and things like that, and you're like, but that's like two statements out of the 80 you had <laughs> so a lot of times and renee probably can uh, uh, p- uh piggyback off this hopefully um well oh, i know she will <laughs> um but a lot of times those job postings are it's hard to align them to the actual job um that we're gonna have
0: it's so true it's very difficult i mean um the job posting issue is such a big challenge right now just overall everyone's joking around and joking but not not joking <laughs> that these job postings are just absolutely ridiculous asking for a million different things and you know just skills that aren't needed skills that are impossible um so, yeah, to Justin's point, you know, you go with if you can do 50 percent of the job, you go apply and interview and then see what actually they are looking for, because you never know. You have no idea what's going on over there. So Joshua says, oh, Danielle says um, with the Google Jobs search to be careful about false posts, because that does happen. Um,
1: yes. And I, I would say. Uh... Yes. That, and what, what I would say also is look at how long ago something was posted. Um, sometimes it'll be like 30 plus days ago or something like that, especially on LinkedIn and all these other sites. When you see a job that's been posted for an uh, excessive amount of time, either the, A, it's really hard for them to fill. So that majority of the time, the salary is probably too low. Or B, um, that posting, uh, it was already filled. And then I should have said C. C sometimes is... They're trying to get that awarded, right? So a company is thinking that, hey, I'm going to win this contract. Uh, I need 300 new ITs in Nebraska, right? And they're going to post everywhere saying, hey, I have this job opening in Nebraska, yada, yada. Sometimes they want to show pending a contract, right? So uh, I always caution that like companies that do that, like they should be more uh, upfront with that posting. Uh, but then you go... You know, you might get always the, the interview and they're like, oh, yeah, this job won't be open for another three months if we win the contract. And you're like, all right, well, I did all yeah. this stuff. We so right. land this job. And now you're saying, oh, possibly three months from now. And no one before maybe. now gave me that information. And that's a maybe at that. And you're you're a running candidate uh, for a future interview. So yeah. I, I've seen that a lot, uh, especially in the contracting gig. Um, so I, I'd be really cautious when you go into that.
0: Totally. So back to Joshua's question, not really cybersecurity related. Um, it, so Joshua's a Navy veteran with CSSCI clearance. So I'm very- uh, I got ready. him a job today. And me too. <laughs> Joshua, you might have two jobs. <laughs> uh, but I have a second technical interview for a junior network position next week. What types of interview questions should I study up on?
1: So I would uh, focus on uh, if you can get some information from the company, of course. Um, you know, size, scope, um, it's multiple buildings, how many users there are, um, kind of get some type of foundation knowledge. Um, uh, what type of services do they use? What are you expected to do? Right. So, uh, where I'm at, you know, uh, you're expected to know a uh, call manager, right? Maybe you don't have any call manager experience, but that might be okay because I can grow you into that position, right? So I would say. Definitely, uh, your CCNA, of course, is a big, big tool. Uh, so go back into that book, uh, study protocols, study uh, routing and switching, all you know from A to Z in the book, right? And uh, just simulate, and you don't have to actually do it, but simulate different uh, requests, right? Hey, uh, if I ask you right now to tell me the uh, temperature of a switch um, that's in this remote building. What tools can you use to do that, right? So if it's in the prompt line or if it's another tool or another website that that goes into that for smart reporting, things like that. So if you know stuff like that and you can, you know, rattle it off pretty quickly, um, I would say uh, good on you. But if right now you can't even tell me the uh, temperature of a switch, um, say it's 95 degrees in that space, I'm like, oh, man, this might be over temping. And you can't go in there right now and tell me the temperature for that switch. Um, I would say you need a I would say go back into stuff like that. Just, just random questions that you you can probably come up with, or someone else can come up with, of users. Hey, this switch uh, I'm not able to uh, remotely log into. Okay, now I need to locally console into. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, this switch failed to boot up. Okay. Uh, it, was there something corrupted what what was the next step you you have to take um so different scenarios because majority of the time when you have those interviews uh i uh, for me personally about half my questions uh maybe more aren't a, B, C, D, uh answers um it's i give you a scenario play it out um, i would go more into pc text and stuff like that but for like pc tech i could say hey your person tried logging in they can't log in Yep. Tell me some issues and how you can correct that issue. That's a generic question, but that's the same uh, with uh, with that also. And the same with, let's say, phones, devices. Hey, this device can't connect to the network. What could potentially be uh, an issue with the switch and things of that
0: nature? Right. So um, Patrick makes a comment here. He says, um, we talk about, the job postings and how ridiculous they are. So, Patrick says, due to the fact that um, HR departments have been shredded and no one knows what's going on with the positions, they're copy pasting things and not trying to adequately staff based on true requirements.
1: So, what I would say, um, uh, especially a lot of these HR departments, stuff like that, they need a the, the management team that's staffing those positions. Uh, need to interact with those HR, right? So I interact with my, uh, my HR three times a week uh, for about an hour. And the reason why I I said early on, I want to focus on stuff like that is, you know, that's 40 hours of this employee being here. Um, So I want to get the best candidates um, into those positions and mm-hmm. to be able to uh, properly staff um, at the same time. So if there, if there's a hundred random resumes being sent off, you know that's wasted time uh, that the HR is having to dig through these resumes and say, hey, what do you have? What do you not have? Um, inside the contracting, and I'm sure Renee can definitely uh, uh, back this up too. Uh, you know, a lot of times it's just baseline. Hey, what is the DoD baseline for this job? Check. What is the clearance? check and sometimes what is the experience not always you need the experience but those first two things are hard set in stone right that you know your civilian counterparts don't have those issues with
0: right i would agree with that um and being in these hr departments especially some of the the very very lean ones patrick you're right um in terms of folks that you know even even hr department you know hint some sometimes our hands are tied because we also don't have the don't have the tools um, sometimes to be able to do to to be able to truly you know understand and recruit and really truly find out like what exactly it is this stuff is and then you know if someone I feel sorry for those HR people who literally have not had any experience in security they don't know what cyber security is like this whole purpose of this podcast is demystifying cyber security because there's so many people out there that this is one big mystery to them and that happens in hr departments and if hr if an hr rep was recruiting for like a marketing person last week and uh you know i don't know an operations person and then oh by the way we need an incident response analyst like what is that <laughs> So,
1: so, And uh, and a lot of times, too, they're going uh, LinkedIn, Indeed, whatever, where they're posting at, and just grab a lot of generic stuff. So I've seen multiple times from companies where they're really similar to all their postings from other companies. I'm sure you've seen that over and over and over, where they take a few blocks of certain openings, put it over here. And during the interview process, you know, half of the stuff that's over there. Doesn't even correlate to right. what the position is. So I, I think if the management um, that's going to be leading the, that 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 person doesn't have any input on that posting, um, I think it's a disservice overall for both the employer and then the potential employees.
0: Absolutely. For sure. Now, mm-hmm. Justin, I know you only have a couple minutes left here. So do you want to take another question or two? Um,
1: we can take uh one or two more questions, and then uh, I'll jump into the Indeed uh, Zip Recruiter type thing real quick and give a little bit more information on the job search portion, okay. and then uh, we'll wrap it up.
0: Okay, cool. So um, Patrick, another Patrick says, Patrick Moten, how does how long does clearance take and the best way to get it?
1: Join the military.
0: <laughs> that is the surefire, quick and dirty way to get it. <laughs>
1: Just being honest, right? Uh, uh, But yeah, so uh, very rare, uh, used to, uh, I'd say up until a few years, uh, the Pentagon finally took back over the, took over the clearance process. So it's been going a lot faster, Mm -hmm. uh, but you need to look for uh, a keyword sponsorship, right? Mm -hmm. So if they say we were sponsor your clearance, apply for that job. If it doesn't say sponsor, then 9.99 times out of 10, they're not even going to open that job up to even conversation with you, right? Right. Um, And where I'm going to caveat with that too, which a lot of people don't understand is even if it says uh, TS or whatever that job requirement is, if you have a requirement below that, sometimes you can get a waiver while you're going through that clearance process. So they say, hey, we're going to keep you here for six months, nine months, however long it takes to go through that process. Um, so even if you don't have that certain level, um, as long as you have a clearance, um, definitely reach out and say, hey, is this something that, that can be waived?
0: And I would add if another term to look for. So sponsorship is one in Clearable. So if it says clearable, that's also an area where they will happily, um, with the right experience, they'll get you the clearance. Now, just to the, the caveat to that is the experience. So if you're entry level, you don't have any experience and they want experience and a clearance, you know, don't even waste your time. But if you are really, really experienced then they'll make the case for, okay, we could bring this person in because to get a clearance, it costs like a hundred grand or so. And the, the company has to be able to clear you. And doesn't it take like a year? Well, it might be taking, it might take shorter nowadays, but it takes a long time. So it's a big commitment um, to bring on a person and then get them the clearance if they're not already to Justin's point in the military. So Justin, you want to jump back into, what do you want to do?
1: Um,
0: do you have to wrap?
1: Yeah, I need to wrap up. Um, but I, mean, I would, I w- I'll leave it with. Uh, definitely reach out to me on uh, LinkedIn um, if you need further guidance. Um, if you feel like you're stuck in the market and just need a, that little bump, right? Um, so I always share, and I, I shared with Renee last week, and I was going to share this week, but I'll probably push it to next week. The ONET and a few other websites. Um, I'll post about them. Um, but next week we'll pick up more of the job portion again mm-hmm. um, to to allow. You know candidates uh you know on on here we apply right so last last week i had people on here applying for jobs right uh we even made a, a joke here. about a remote gig that was paying like hundred ten thousand or whatever it was paying right and you know a lot of people on here said oh i'm applying right now <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know it was you know it was that is that little you know piece there and you know hopefully you know one of the people on here you know had an interview this week uh, yeah. for it um but yeah. yeah i mean i would always say push 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 um Know where you're going, um I always say you know, and if the if the road's already built for you, get in the that buggy, get into that truck, get into whatever, and drive down the road right um don't don't go the unbeaten path that you're tr- climbing over rocks and mountains and stuff like that and be like, oh, I'm here now, but like, well you we need to get back down now <laughs> uh to actually get to where you want to go, right so uh I would definitely uh and that's what I did when I was leaving the Navy. Uh, was I, I looked at all the paths that people took, um, and that's that's where I was able to land the job I have right now.
0: Right. Awesome. So I just want to say, Justin, thank you so much for coming back um, and for being our, our Saturday person. Sounds like you definitely will be back next week, which is yes. awesome. Um, happy to do this and help so many people break into break into opportunities. So, everyone that has comments, bring them next week. Justin will be back. We will jump back in 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern ish, one ish. Try to get my kids quiet, <laughs> and um, we will take it from there. So, cybersecurity awareness week. I mean, I'm sorry, cybersecurity awareness month. We're doing this every that
1: month. started last month. <laughs>
0: doing it every weekend right because he started it off last month last month um and thank you so much for being an awesome engaging audience thank you justin for being here and we will see you again on another episode of breaking into Cybersecurity.
1: bye, bye everybody.